If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. The following content is brought to you by Mr. Fister, Eric Smith, Orange Thunder, and Abigail 13. Welcome back, everybody. It is Nintendo Switchcraft. This is episode 593, and I just banged the microphone, so hopefully that that sound didn't get into the actual episode. But um, we got some stuff to talk about today. Uh, You know, I was sitting here doing the live stream, as I do, and I was trying to build the show notes. And I got to admit, there's not a lot of stuff to talk about that's coming out right now. Um, but I found some some diamonds in the rough. I, I found some cool stuff uh, for us to discuss uh, here on the show. So what are we going to talk about? Well, first off, we're going to talk about uh, Torchlight 3, which is coming soon. We don't know when, but uh, soon. We'll talk about that in a little bit uh, because that looks really, really good. Um, we're going to talk about, and this is kind of a weird thing, how Epic's lawsuit with Apple... For those of you that don't know, Epic is suing Apple, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Can that actually have an effect on your Nintendo Switch? And I hadn't really thought about it, and it looks like it might be able to. We'll talk about that as well. Um, Joy-Cons are getting cheaper in Japan. Uh, Those stories and probably some other stuff as well on this episode, episode 593 of Nintendo Switchcraft. So I, I had my my uh, my show notes all set, and then um, Solo Something came into the live stream over on my Twitch channel, which you can find a link to by going to my website, runjumpstomp.com. Uh, but he said something about Skyforge coming to Nintendo Switch, and I said, okay, let me see what that is, because I've never heard of that particular game. And uh, the first thing that came up when I Googled it was that it is a... Um, an action combat sci-fi fantasy MMO, which automatically I am on board with. I am a big fan of that style of game. I really love sci-fi. I, I love uh, action combat MMOs, especially when they're done really well. And uh, to boot, it's it's not very often that we get sci-fi blended with fantasy. Uh, most MMOs all follow the same kind of fantasy tropes and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool to see like some sci-fi stuff thrown in there. And I guess that game is coming to Nintendo Switch. It has been in development for roughly eight months, uh, according to the developer. Uh, in the article that I read, I believe it was an interview with Nintendo Life. And then I watched some gameplay. It doesn't look like it's pushing... Um, you know, the current system's incredibly hard, which means it shouldn't be too hard to port to the Nintendo Switch. I believe it had been in development for, I I guess it was, I think they said 2015, or maybe it was 14. Um, Anyway, it's, it's, you know, the game has been in development for a very long time, and they just started the Switch port 
Uh, according to t- our my Twitch chat here, they're saying it's supposed to come out sometime this year. This year is we're getting pretty close to the end of this year, so um, coming soon. And it's an MMO of which there are very few of those on the Nintendo Switch, um, based around a controller. I, I'm I'm all in. I think that this is cool. Well, depending on the price and their business model and that kind of thing, uh, those are all things that I'm not not sure about and haven't had a chance to. Uh, do any research on because I'm doing the live show on my Twitch channel and uh, I didn't want to stop everything for that. But I think that it looks cool. Um, it, it looks kind of blurry a little a little bit. Like overall, it doesn't look like a super pretty game. But when you shrink it down to a 720p screen on Nintendo Switch, probably not that big of a deal. And then being able to also play it on your TV is an added bonus. So um, Skyforge looks pretty cool, and if you don't know anything about it, then um, I would say that normally I would say go and check out the show notes, but I didn't even add this to the show notes because we were just talking about it in the live chat. So uh, don't go to the show notes. Just Google Skyforge Nintendo Switch, and you'll find it right away. What do you guys think? Do you want more MMOs on the Nintendo Switch? I think one of the main reasons we don't have a lot of MMOs on the Nintendo Switch is just because of storage concerns. MMOs tend to take up a ridiculous amount of room on your um, on your hard drive or, or on your storage. And like you look at games like The Elder Scrolls Online, that's like 80 gigabytes. You look at Final Fantasy fourteen, that was somewhere around 80 gigabytes when I the last time I played it, which was probably sometime last year. Um, MMO games tend to take up lots and lots of room as far as hard drive space. And that's why I don't think we see very many of them on Nintendo Switch because the Nintendo Switch ships with 32 gigs of of uh, storage. And you've, you can, of course, get more uh, by buying an SD card. And if you go back to the very beginning of this show... Um, not this episode, but this show, Nintendo Switchcraft. Uh, there's an episode way at the very beginning where I said 32 gigabytes is okay. And the reason why 32 gigabytes is okay is because it keeps the cost of the Nintendo Switch down while giving uh, the user the ability to pay more for more storage by picking up an SD card. Like I have a 200 gigabyte SD card in my Nintendo Switch. My son has a 128 gigabyte SD card in his Nintendo Switch. Um, you know, you you pay more depending on how much storage you want to have. And I think that that's a pretty good way of doing it. Anyway, Skyforge. Fantasy, sci-fi, action, combat, MMO based around a controller. I am interested in this game. If you've played it before on other systems, let me know. I want to know more about this game. Speaking of games that I think look really, really awesome, I just saw some footage of Torchlight 3, and I loved Torchlight 1. I was a big fan of Torchlight 2. Uh, If you've never played the Torchlight series, these are basically Diablo clones, but they're a little more family-friendly. And um, Torchlight 3 
when when the when the publisher announced it, they they announced a weird a weird monetization model and a weird business model and a weird way that they were doing the game and everybody was like, "Don't do whatever it is that you're thinking about doing. Just bring out the game the same way that you brought out Torchlight 1 and Torchlight 2." And after working on the game for a little while, uh, they basically said, you know what, you're right, let's let's make sure that we do this the right way. And um, this, is, this is a game that had originally been made by some other publisher and then Perfect World Entertainment, which is famous for um, doing not so great when it comes to microtransactions and stuff like that. They decided to listen to the community and um, make Torchlight 3 a full game, not a microtransaction-laden uh, wasteland. Does that mean that the game won't contain any microtransactions? I have no idea. Uh, and for that reason, I've kind of been ignoring Torchlight 3. But then I got to see some gameplay today. There's this uh, video that came out um, on October 10th, a couple of days ago, and I got to watch this video today. And it showed some gameplay. It showed the different uh, classes that you can play as. Like there's this weird, I don't know, dude with a giant hammer. And he's got like a little toy train that follows him around. And then he can summon like a ghost train, which is incredibly unique. There's uh, what looks to be like some kind of warlock that can specialize in either... Um, high single target damage or a bunch of area of effect stuff as well. And overall, I have to say that this looks, it looks like Torchlight. And it, if, if you can have more Torchlight, then that is a good thing. Um, right now, this is coming out in a couple of days on PlayStation and on Xbox and on Steam. Not coming to Nintendo Switch until later this year. We don't know when later this year, but later this year. And for that reason, I almost didn't put it in the show notes. But just watching, and like right now I'm watching the uh, the gameplay again. I'm too excited for this game to not talk about it again. I'm, I'm excited enough that I might actually, um, I'm considering, I can't pick this up on, on PlayStation right now. I've got too much other stuff to play. But when this comes to Nintendo Switch... I think I might be picking this up because it looks really, really good. Um, the gameplay looks really fantastic, and I love how unique the different characters are. Like right now, I'm looking, and there's a character who is essentially a robot that shoots guns out of his chest, which is really, really cool. Uh, so it, it, th this is a game that has lots of customization for both you and your pet. Uh, the pets can also be customized to not only, you know, take your, you know, all of the loot back to town and sell it for you. At least that's how it used to work. Uh, but they also have like these special abilities that will assist you in combat, which is really cool. So Torchlight 3 uh, coming in a couple of days to the other platforms and uh, sometime this year to Nintendo Switch. I'm excited for this game. I'm curious. How many of you out there have played the original Torchlight or Torchlight 2? And what did you guys think of it? And are you excited about Torchlight 3, even though they have a new publisher? Like that publisher of Perfect World Entertainment, that makes me a little... Well, okay, I'm going to be honest. It makes me more than a little nervous because I've seen quite a few games from them 
that they just kind of don't sit well with me. But they're not the developer, right? They're the publisher on this. And so maybe they kept their, you know, they kept their mitts off my grub, if you if you get what I'm saying. Um, I don't know. Torchlight 3 looks good. I want to play it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet... You can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. For those of you who are unaware, um, Fortnite publisher Epic Games, they tried to pull a fast one on Apple. And I know you're thinking, why are you talking about it on this show? I'll get there. They tried to pull a fast one on Apple where they said, hey, you can buy stuff using Apple's payment system, uh, or you can use our payment system and uh, save 30%. Actually, I think it was 20%. And Apple, of course, shut that down. You know, they, 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 said, they said, no, you can't do that. And Epic Games knew that that was going to happen. So then they, they in instantly hit Apple with a lawsuit. And basically the the lawsuit is saying that, hey, uh, you know, Apple is being too controlling and not letting us uh, put our stuff on uh, the App Store the way that we would like to. And then they turned around and they sued Google for the exact same thing. And the reason why I'm talking about it on this show is because the judge in the case is basically saying, look, Apple is acting like a console here. And we need to see how is what Apple's doing different than what a console would do. Like one of the big arguments that um, that that uh, Fortnite's um, Epic Games is making is they're saying, look, they're taking this 30% fee and it's justified on, um, you know, the platform holders' investment in hardware, which is often sold at a loss. And at the same time, uh, mobile devices are like supposed to be these open platforms, and they don't cost as much to operate. And then the judge said this: Indeed, Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft all operate similar walled gardens or closed platform models as Apple whereby the hardware, operating system, digital marketplace, and in-app purchase are, purchases are all exclusive to the platform owner. They then said, 
Epic Games argues that gaming consoles and computers require electrical outlets and separate screens and thus lack the capacity for mobile play, which demands portable battery-operated and cellularly connected devices with built-in screens. Yet Epic Games repeatedly ignored discussion of gaming laptops, tablets, and Nintendo Switch, all of which can be played in a mobile fashion. These devices could have significant overlap with the iOS platform in terms of the ultimate consumer. Basically, they're saying the same people who are playing on a cell phone are the same people who are playing on a Nintendo Switch. Uh, And then they went on to say again, however, at this stage, the record does not contain sufficient information to determine whether such other devices are economic substitutes or merely complementary to iOS devices. So here's what they're saying in this lawsuit, basically, if I'm understanding it correctly. And if you're a lawyer and I'm saying it wrong, feel free to tell me why I'm wrong. Basically, Fortnite or Fortnite, um, Epic Games is saying Apple has a monopoly and because they have a monopoly, you need to stop them from not letting us charge using our own payment method. That's that's the argument. And so then the people are coming back, well, it's not really a monopoly because you can play games on these devices. And so Epic Games is saying those are video game consoles and they don't overlap with the same market as your phone. But depending on what the judge decides here, perhaps they could be categorized in the same thing. And then suddenly, if... If um, if Epic Games wins this lawsuit and Apple is forced to open up the walled garden, can Epic Games then force Nintendo and PlayStation and Microsoft to open up their walled gardens as well? And, and now they have to offer different stores on their devices like you could grab your Nintendo Switch and open up the Epic Gaming Store and buy I don't know some game from them instead of going through the eShop it's a very interesting argument and um I'm curious what you guys think about that I think I think at the end of the day if you were to ask me does my cell phone overlap with uh, like, is this the same kind of device as a Nintendo Switch? I would say no. But then again, I don't play games on my phone. Like, I've, I downloaded Genshin Impact or whatever, and I have yet to play it. I never play games on my phone. My phone is for other stuff. If I want to play games, I play it on a dedicated device for the most part. So, if you were to ask me, are, are they in the same market or are they complementary devices? I would say that they're complementary devices and Epic Games kind of has a leg to stand on. But if they're not complementary devices, then things get kind of murky. What do you guys think? Do you think that um, do you think there's any chance in the future of having an Epic Games store on the Nintendo Switch? I think that the chances of that happening are slim at best, but it's definitely an interesting thing to think about.
pretty interesting. I'm not sure what's going on with the Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons, but Nintendo is cutting the cost of buying a Joy-Con by 16.5% in Japan, but only in Japan so far. So beginning on November 6th, the price of individual Joy-Con controllers, that's like a left one or a right one, not a left one and a right one, um, will be reduced from 4,480 yen, which is roughly $43 uh, plus tax, uh, down to 3,740 yen, which is roughly $36 plus tax. Now, I went on the Nintendo store and I checked how much does a Joy-Con cost, a single Joy-Con cost here in the States. It costs 50 bucks. So already in Japan, uh, Joy-Cons are cheaper than they are here in the States. And now they're about to get cheaper. And I thought to myself, all right, well, how much does a pair of Joy-Con cost here in the States? And it costs about 80 bucks. So... If you buy the pair of them, the left and the right, then you're essentially buying them for 40 bucks a piece. Now, right now, in Japan, they cost 43 bucks a piece for them singular. And now they're going to be even cheaper than that singular. So how much is a pair of them going to cost? Right now, there's no information on whether or not the price of a pair of Joy-Con will be reduced uh, over in Japan. And there's no information on whether or not the price of Joy-Con here in the States is going to change. But I just think it's kind of interesting that these these devices are getting uh, cheaper. Uh, I I think that maybe Nintendo should fix the Joy-Con drift and start charging more. Because, you know, know, it's three years on and we're still talking about Joy-Con drift. In fact... I just read a story the other day about some mom and her kid are suing Nintendo. Uh, good luck, lady. I hope you got deep pockets so that you <laughs> you can stay uh, stay in that lawsuit for a while because lawyers get expensive. Anyway, moving on. Very quickly, before I get out of here, there's a couple of Doctor Who games that are coming to the Nintendo Switch. If you're not a Doctor Who fan, then that's perfectly fine. I am a Doctor Who fan, uh, and watching this trailer surprised me because at the end, like it it opens up with the voice of Jodie Whittaker, who is the current Doctor, and then at the end, one of the old Doctors showed up, and I I was surprised that that was the case. I won't, I won't spoil it for you. Go watch the trailer. It's on my show notes, uh, episode 593 over at runjumpstomp.com. Um, two games are coming. The Edge of Reality is one of them, and then the other one I think is a port of a mobile game, which I haven't played because mobile game, uh, and it features the angels, which are the, the most terrifying um, villains in TV horror ever. Uh, I absolutely love that character or those characters. But anyway, I, it got me wondering, why don't we have more Doctor Who um, games? Like, Doctor Who has been very popular for a very long time. And, and yeah, just recently, 
it started getting popular outside of of England. But like for the last 15 years or so, it's been popular outside of England. So why haven't we had a bunch of Doctor Who games uh, already? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I'm a fan of Doctor Who, and I'm interested in what these uh, games are going to be like. Unfortunately, they didn't show any gameplay, just like stupid cinematics and stuff like that, which I can't stand. Uh, So there you go. All right, last thing before I get out of here, I've got a mailbag topic that I'm asking you guys to uh, give your thoughts on. The Nintendo Switch is in my opinion, the perfect system for quick pick-up-and-play games because you can take it with you, you take it out, you play a couple of minutes, and then you put it away and you go on about your day. Um, So I was asking, what are your favorite games on Nintendo Switch that can be enjoyed in these little bite-sized portions? My recommendation is a game that's almost always incredibly cheap on the eShop uh, I think it's usually sitting around 99 cents, but it's called Ding Dong XL. And basically the way that the game works is you have a ball that you want to bounce across the screen back and forth. And there's a bunch of stuff that is going left and right across the screen while you're trying to go vertically across the screen without running into those things. And your score that you earn is based on how many times did you go across the uh the screen and it's a really really fun game it's a simple one button mechanic and it is the perfect game to take out your switch play for five ten minutes and then you know put it away and move on with your day so my question to you and i just tweeted this out what are your favorite games uh that fit into that category of little tiny bite-size gameplay moments Uh, And, you know, I tweeted this out at the beginning of the show, and I've already got a whole bunch of answers. Uh, I'm going to share most of these answers uh, next episode, but I'll I'll say, you know, I got a couple of answers like uh, Vaxxer says Hammerwatch, which is one of my favorite dungeon crawlers on Nintendo Switch. Really, really fun. Um, Trevor Allen is saying Hades and Into the Breach, neither of which I've played, but I've heard really, really good things about. And then uh, Raynor says Bomber Crew. I typically play a level a day. Bomber Crew, if you don't know, you play as a few different people who are on a and like an old World War II bomber. So you've got somebody in the gunner's seat, somebody in the bomber seat, somebody flying the plane. And it's, it's basically like a management game. And it's really, really cool. We'll talk more about this on the next episode of Switchcraft. So you guys can look forward to that. And if you guys reply to uh, that tweet then you can get your recommendation on the show as well before I thank the patrons and get out of here I just want everybody to know that uh, Tony P. Henderson good friend of mine had me on his podcast, which is called The Oddcast, because, you know, Tony P and then Oddcast. Uh, and we talked about the ridiculous naming convention of the Xbox uh, systems and which one you should buy if you're interested in picking one of those up. 
And so definitely check that out. I was on his show and we had fun and we laughed and it's really, really short. And I will try and remember to put a link to the episode. Uh, it's a YouTube video in the show notes. So go to runjumpstomp.com. This is episode number, um, I don't remember, 593. And then you can check it out uh, there. It's the end of the show. That means it's time for me to thank our fantastic producers. These are the people who've gone over to uh, patreon.com slash runjumpstomp and joined at the producer level or higher. Uh, these would be people like Matt Hadfield, John Eisenmanger, Bowser, Travis McGuire, Joycephine, and Patreon subscribers pool party at RJS's house, according to this guy. I got bad news for you, though. I don't have a pool, man. I live in uh, the middle of nowhere, New York, and most of my uh, life is spent with snow surrounding me. So um, getting a pool doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So uh, we're going to have that at Sean's house instead. Pool party at Sean's house. All right. That's it for the show. If you're looking for my YouTube channel, my Twitch channel, my other shows like 143 Pixels, you can find all of that stuff by going to my website, runjumpstomp.com, and join our Discord. There's over 1,500 people waiting to talk to you about video games and other stuff. Uh, Also can be found at runjumpstomp.com. I'm out of here. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.